0: Welcome to the Software Lifecycle Stories podcast. We bring you stories of what worked and sometimes what did not in the course of discovering, designing, developing, delivering, and using software based solutions as shared by practitioners who went through these situations. In this episode of the Software Lifecycle Stories podcast, Veena Samartha, the Executive Director and CEO of the Bangalore-based IoT venture, WeCrea Technologies, shares her experiences and views on what she learned while working on fault-tolerant systems and embedded technologies, how it helped her in her journey towards becoming an entrepreneur, how she developed capabilities to run a company, facing dilemmas of market forces versus delivery capabilities, and tips to motivate employees. She also shares some future thoughts of how to pass the baton on to the next generation. Listen on. So hi, Veena, good morning, and thank you so much for being a podcast guest on our show. A warm welcome to you.
1: Thank you, thank you so much, Chitra. It is always a pleasure interacting with you.
0: Thank you. Okay, okay. thanks. So we usually start by asking our podcast guests to introduce themselves. So please go ahead and tell us a little about yourself. Mm, So
1: you always start with a tough question.
0: (laughs) Oh, we thought that was an easy one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yes, my name is Veena Samartha. And uh, I think uh, more from the context of this podcast, where we are talking uh, professional experiences, uh, I have been, I know, I was uh, educated in uh, uh, electronics engineering. And uh, luckily, I initiated my, the beginning of my career in the same field, you know, in terms of being closer to the hardware and electronics um, um as an embedded engineer so my engineering days have all been associated with uh, embedded systems real time systems fault tolerant systems you know so that was my technical background um moved on to leading teams and you know managing uh, technical teams both in services as well as product organizations um yes a good uh, close to 18 years of my career, have been in that space of operating systems, um, some telecom fault management systems, and uh, storage servers, you know, so that's the space uh, I have uh, worked on. Uh, Then uh, started my entrepreneurial journey, and in the last six years, I have been uh, working with my teams Uh, The endeavor is to enable technology development from India for the global market and uh, the uh, domain that we have been focusing on is uh, the convergence of wireless technologies and uh, uh, web and mobile and cloud technologies to implement uh, solutions that impact day-to-day life and ease the operations For various kinds of uh, enterprises so uh, the uh, nomenclature these days for uh, this field is internet of things so that's that's what i'm engaged in in the last six years
0: that's very well put a combination of so many technologies and, and you know one simple little phrase called the internet of things it sounds so simple doesn't it
1: it's true, that's true. It's it's a, you know it's a macrocosm in a it's a culmination of so many microcosm in a macrocosm so, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Okay. So what was your journey like, you know, moving through as a hardware engineer then into embedded systems, fault tolerance systems? What were your some of the stories that you can share from those experiences with our listeners? Mm, it's
1: been a very interesting journey. Uh, I think it kind of suited my temperament of uh, uh, being inquisitive and uh, more, uh, you know, wanting to learn more from experimenting and doing things uh, rather than going uh, down the path of acquiring knowledge, you know, more through reading and uh, Assimilating information. Uh, So, I think uh, that has been uh, very interesting for me. uh, Whether it was um, working with very small chipsets uh, and coding in uh, the machine language of those chipsets, you know, and to more advanced languages like C and C. So, I think being able to visualize or understand the logic behind what is happening when we are doing things. I think that has been a very interesting uh, journey for me. And also the fact that, you know, the problems are always very different, always new uh, in the space where you are uh, operating at uh, clock cycles and, uh, you know, trying to figure out what is happening in that space. Um, And I think it also gave me a very strong systemic background, you know, to look at a system as a whole uh, rather than looking at a particular feature or a particular instantiation of what you're looking at from a product. So I owe a lot definitely to my background in that
0: space. You know, given the fact that you said that you had a systemic uh, background which enabled you to get a larger perspective on what you were working on, how did some of that Uh, some of that experience build or impact what customers would experience while consuming these products?
1: Oh, that's a very interesting and very exciting space, actually, Chitra. You know, uh, since it was all, like I mentioned, you know, real-time systems, a lot of these were deployed in mission-critical environments, you know, so we were running the back ends of... uh, large banks or stock exchanges or you know transport services Uh, so a variety of these uh, as enterprise customers and uh, so one uh, even a small fault in the entire system uh, led to huge impacts you know financially or uh, um, consumer impact wise and uh, so it was uh, you know quite uh, i would say most of the time, it used to be very interesting uh, uh, detective stories uh, uh, rather than being troubleshooting and uh, uh, fixing endeavours. You know, so when you had problems in these kind of systems, so you were ticking against the clock, you were ticking against uh, you know, the millions of dollars that were getting impacted. So those were the pressures against which you were always operating when something went wrong with these systems. Similarly, when you were building or designing these systems, there was always this uh, caution of uh, being aware of what uh, can go wrong you know so I think that perspective helped a lot in building very robust systems. It was not just about how do you ensure things run the way they should, but coming up with all kinds of scenarios of what can go wrong you know? even the impossible scenarios of what might go wrong uh, used to be the uh, focus uh, when you're trying to build uh, mission critical systems. Um, yes, so, and it, you also were very close to the uh, fact on how it impacted customers. And hence, I think it molded a whole lot of uh, um, skills, not just in terms of uh, technically handling the issues, but also how do you approach the whole uh, premise of building or fixing something in that space. Also touched upon a lot of soft skills in terms of prioritizing or what hunch you're going to follow and where you drop uh, you know a line of thread and pursue another which is more effective. Uh, how do you communicate these status? You know, because there are all these stakeholders, all these people who are impacted, who are watching and waiting uh, to get uh, something uh, done. So I think it was a very wholesome experience as a professional uh, to be dealing with these kind of systems.
0: Nice. Very nice. It's interesting that you said, uh, you know, how do you follow your hunch? And I'm sure that will make a very interesting conversation for a future podcast uh, at some point in time. So that's something that I'm going to keep in my mind uh, when we have our next conversation. So how Definitely. did... it? <laughs> how did all these experiences help you transition into becoming an entrepreneur? And what was it that drove you towards entrepreneurship?
1: Hmm. Okay, let me uh, I pick those as two independent questions.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, thank you. How,
1: how my background helped? Uh, definitely, like I said, you know, there is this confidence about being able to understand uh, systems solutions at a conceptual level and uh, be able to uh, slice and dice uh, a problem solving scenario into its various components or aspects and hence try to put a solution together. You know, Like you rightly identified, uh, IoT is a vast ocean of technologies that go into building a solution. right? so a familiarity or specialization in one aspect uh, doesn't really enable one to envisage the entirety of the solution because there is hardware involved which you will need to custom build based on what sensors or actuators you're picking and how the entire connectivity uh, into you know some kind of a central computer is going to operate and then there is the whole technology of uh, implementing the various features and functionality in some centralized computer you know which again in the changing world today, while it used to be more of a back end or a cloud-based system in the past, there is a lot of uh, that compute power that is getting pushed into the gateways, you know, or the edge compute these days. So it's it's a vast spectrum, and uh, I think my background uh, as an embedded or fault tolerant uh, and mission critical engineering helped me to look at it in its entirety and uh, you know break it down into the components that need to go. And then you're looking into the specialization and options and alternatives into each of those components, right? So definitely my background has helped because I don't know if coming from a totally uh, application space would have enabled me to understand the nuances of what go into the solutioning. Right? So when you go higher up the uh, stack uh, in terms of a solution building, Uh, You are so much more uh, obfuscated from the details of what happens in the lower layers. And uh, I think my background in electronics as well as uh, embedded engineering helps me to understand the stack in its entirety. And so it doesn't become so daunting to adopt to a new technology or to understand a new space that you're operating in. Of course, we are in the information era. So, I owe a lot to the wealth of knowledge that is accessible today. Uh, And I really appreciate your endeavor in terms of these podcasts, which are another set of enablers, you know, where you're trying to impart the experiences in one space to anybody who's seeking it. So, kudos to you and the team on this endeavor. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much. Uh,
1: So, coming to the other question of uh, entrepreneurship, I... I really don't have an answer to it, uh, Chitra. Very frankly, I just got uh, consumed into that space because I don't know if I myself had any aspirations. I just knew that I was uh, kind of, uh, you know, a little uh, disinterested in the normal uh, way of uh, corporate life. Uh, But I really didn't know if it was an entrepreneurial journey that I was looking at. Uh, I just happened to get an opportunity to start uh, associating myself with a startup. Felt that I really enjoyed the journey, and uh, you know, then just things happened.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. Thank you for sharing. So, what has your entrepreneurship journey been like? You know, moving from a fairly definitive and bound uh, problem statements, or even uh, you know, arriving at solutions, which sort of comes normally thanks to our engineering training. Uh, How was it moving into the space of entrepreneurship, where you were actually responsible to build and grow an organization as well as nurture its people?
1: Oh, it's it's been a fantastic experience. And uh, I think uh, so much learning. And I definitely feel there is so much more to learn on this uh, journey. Yes, the major factor was, you know, beyond the space of uh, technical competency and uh, technology awareness as was required of my jobs uh, in the past, right? Uh, So there are a lot of aspects that I have picked up, as you rightly mentioned, in terms of building an organization or, you know, even going ahead and meeting up clients, making business happen. You know? So there's a, that is a space in itself which has been totally new learning uh, for somebody who has not had that kind of background either in sales or marketing or uh, you know, the finance aspects of uh, running a business. So, uh, But coming back to the technology space itself, as you rightly mentioned, uh, while you are looking at certain areas or domains or certain product lines as part of your corporate uh, responsibilities uh, here you're thrown into a whole new world of opportunities right and uh, i think one of the major learnings is in terms of being able to discern what exactly is it that uh, we want to do as an organization what is it that we want to focus on what is it that we want to build on and what is it that we want to uh, build a, bring out as a specialization uh, that, uh, you know, we are good at, uh, that in itself was a journey with the changing paradigms in the technology world. It made it so much more interesting. Um, are you driven by market opportunities or are you driven by your technology competency? Or are you driven more from a larger cause of what is it that you want to make a differentiation with? right? So these were all the interesting crossroads uh, that uh, we continue to address as we go by uh, every day uh, as an entrepreneur. i you know especially engaged in a domain that is so vast.
0: A uh, question just came to my mind. you know, like you said, the IOT space is so vast, and it's a culmination of so many technologies that one has the freedom to stitch together to address. So many different kinds of problems. So, right. have you ever been faced with dilemmas? You referred a lot to them, you know. Whether are you going with a niche offering? How do you even know is this a niche offering, uh, or are you being dictated to by market forces and you're simply following those? How do you decide where to play your cards or where to position your offering? And uh, what have you learned from? doing something like that.
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, as, uh, as the, um, as somebody sitting at the helm of an organization and trying to shape the direction, I think that is the biggest challenge. Um, because as I rightly said, you know, market opportunities tend to gyrate you into the direction where you can find your leads or find the opportunities. While on the other hand, from a delivery perspective, you are bound by the capabilities that you can bring in the affordability of, you know, what kind of skill sets you can bring in into the organization. And uh, somewhere in between these two is uh, this concept called vision, right? So I think for an entrepreneur, it is very, very important to have a clear vision on where you're heading and keep checking the direction, uh, you know, in terms of uh, whether it is aligned with uh, the vision that you're uh, trying to deliver, right? So, I think for us, um, the North Star, you know, leading us was this vision and uh, a very strong passion to, uh, to do technology from India for the global market. You know, so that has been the uh, guiding star. And uh, whenever there is a tendency to meander or, you know, get tempted into the line of uh, cash flows and uh, top line and, you know, these become the mandate and uh, there is a temptation to move into more mundane activities. Uh, I think, you know, this is what pulls me back and say, hey, is this really adding value uh, to the global footprint in terms of what we are trying to create or what we are trying to do here? right? Uh, similarly, when there are new technologies, new things that need to be experimented with, uh, there is always the fear of do we really have the competency? And there again, you know, we are driven by the vision to go back and say, yes, if there is something challenging, something that has not been attempted, uh, let us put in that extra effort to make it happen. You know, at least give it a try. And it's all right if we fail, because at least we have a story to tell on what went wrong, rather than not attempting it so so far so good
0: (laughs) (laughs) great great Vida in fact uh, those stories I think would also make for another podcast episode is the thought that's running in my mind so yes
1: I I have I have a larger number of those stories than the success stories you know so definitely more content there
0: (laughs) I'm sure I am sure that would you know, add value into some listeners lives, you know, to perhaps Absolutely. not take failures too hard, but look at them as experiments and so on. So definitely looking forward to talking to you sometime, perhaps creating a series of failure stories of some no, sort. Sure. <laughs> People are such an important aspect in any organization. As an entrepreneur, you know, how have you nurtured People in your organization, and what is it that you can share with some of our listeners who perhaps are entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs?
1: Uh, another interesting area, Chitra, uh, because I think uh, most of us in the corporate line are tuned to a certain concept of identifying talent, putting them through a certain set of uh, technology as well as of skill learnings uh, in order to adopt into the needs of the organization. And uh, then for a larger part, uh, live this concept called managing the resource or the talent pool, right? Uh, I think my entrepreneurial journey has again been a lot of learning uh, in the aspect of uh being able to understand people as people as human beings right and uh, their passions their volitions and uh, how do you marry all these into into the concept of an organization where collectively you have certain common goals that you're trying to achieve right? so it also gave me an opportunity to lo- uh, interact and work a lot with uh, millennial kids you know because uh, corporates uh, typically prefer to have the more experienced resources which means you're working with a set of uh, professionals who are more or less your own age group or older right so this has been a whole lot of learning and coming back to your question of how do you i think um, few of the key learnings for me was one uh, to two paint that picture of where we want to move ahead right as leaders I think uh, selling that dream of what we want to do uh, down to everybody in the organization so that they feel they belong I think is one of the important aspects and being able to influence minds to see the big picture of the organization especially when you're a small entity with known big name or brand that can attract and hold people, uh, nor are you you know, financially uh, in a situation where you can afford that stickiness for people to stay around. I think the vision, the larger goal of trying to do something and being able to percolate that into the minds and hearts of people is an important aspect. Uh, equally important is your ability to walk the talk and show those steps towards achieving the vision. There are a lot of obstacles. There are a lot of things that distract your mind. There are a lot of things that uh, you know need your attention more from a, a strategic or tactical perspective. But always having that focus to take people along, I think that was the another aspect of my uh, entrepreneurial journey. Uh, uh, the third aspect is, of course, you know, being able to keep that uh, warm feeling of being a part of a family. Um, So, you know, there are uh, exceptions that need to be made at the same time, things that need to be enforced, you know. So, putting all this together in a very, very comfortable uh, format for people to relate, feel comfortable in the environments in which they are working and feel motivated to go beyond their call of responsibility Um, because a lot of these are overlapping technologies, overlapping areas of expertise and uh, the ability for people to build their skills both in breadth as well as in depth uh, is definitely a challenge that is equally exciting and frustrating right so uh, hand holding people through this entire experience i think is a very interesting journey once you uh, adapt to it and kind of uh, you know will yourself into it take it as a natural flow Uh, While When I look back at my corporate career, a lot of these things would have been very frustrating experiences while you are operating within the boundaries of your own responsibility. So, yeah, I guess those were my key learnings in um, being able to put the organization together and hold people for longer durations and take them
0: forward. Very nice leadership lessons, Veena. Thanks so much. In fact, I love your statement that you said, you know, will yourself into a natural flow and perhaps things will align themselves. Very nicely said. Thank you. As a CEO, how do you uh, manage to keep yourself up to date with, you know, what's happening in the world out there with technology changing so rapidly, almost on a daily basis? as well as, uh, you know, keeping yourself grounded and in the moment as you go through your day and, uh, you know, run this organization.
1: Very frankly, Chitra, I'm a very, very ad hoc learner in that aspect.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that I really do not have, you know, uh, uh, portals that I subscribe to or groups on, into which I listen into. Uh, I think I go more, uh, I'm a more uh, person, people-oriented person in that aspect. I network, you know, all my information, staying abreast, uh, knowing the trends. Vast majority of this information comes to me more in terms of my networking with a whole lot of people. You know, So I'm traveling quite extensively and uh, while I'm here in Bangalore also, I have a pretty large circle of friends and uh, you know acquaintances that i have developed through my uh, entrepreneurial journey whom i do make sure to keep in touch interact have casual conversations and uh, you know there is also a whole lot of uh, leaning on each other uh, when there are uh, scenarios that are a little beyond our reach individually right um And uh, so that has been my mainstream to stay abreast with what is happening. Um, I think I enjoy that interaction um, and learning that comes, which is not just confined to, you know, technology and uh, business spaces, uh, but the overall human aspect of how we evolve as better people through experiences of others, you know, through their uh, own journeys of what went wrong and what went right. I think that has been a very wholesome experience and uh, held me good <laughs>
0: so far. <laughs> nice. Thank you for sharing that. So I've known you to be an avid reader and uh, you know you have a vast uh, genre that you that you lean into, like you said. Uh, what are you reading right now?
1: I typically have uh, two or three books of different genre going on <laughs> based on, <laughs> You know, on the one hand, there are uh, there is a, a book for, by Carlos Castaneda uh, that I'm uh, enjoying, quite enjoying. And uh, also, uh, you know, just simple, fun reading in terms of some of the fiction novels. Uh, that's what is the current trend. But yes, you know, I enjoy. I think there are uh, flavors and seasons that... Uh, induce me into a certain genre at any point in time. Uh, From very plain detective series to spirituality to I also enjoy a lot of um, I don't know what I should categorize them as. Uh, These are scientific works but more endeavouring to understand uh, life and uh, the cosmos uh, in its entirety, you know, not not compartmentalizing into the specializations that we are used to uh, as the fields of science today, but crossing these boundaries and trying to have interspecialization plays and, you know, trying to interpret world in a different context. So these are things that hold my interest at present.
0: Nice. In <laughs> fact, as while I was listening to your conversation, I always feel there's a book in the making also. So, I certainly look forward to it at some point in time, Veena.
1: Oh my God, oh, tall order, Sitra. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I,
0: I'm sure you'll get there at some point in time.
1: Maybe, maybe a joint venture sometime, yes.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, yes. That's something that, you know, more than happy to help you with. So, let's see how we can take that forward sometime. Yeah. As we come to the end of this recording, is there something that you would like to tell our listeners? either from your career journey or your life journey or a combination of both?
1: I think, you know, what kind of comes to my mind as we have been through this conversation and it's been nice kind of looking back at what things have been. Uh, Very rarely we get to do this kind of, uh, you know, uh, retrospection. So I'm glad we had this opportunity today. Uh, standing at this juncture, I think we are at a very interesting crossroad. Uh, you take any aspect of our uh, ecosystem uh, on the socioeconomic you know, ecosystem as it is, there are a lot of new things that are happening. It's paradigm shift that is happening, political systems. There is a whole lot of upheaval happening. And so also in the world of technology and, uh, you know, the business outlook of the world at large. Uh, Similarly, more internally looking our own concepts of purpose of life and what we stand to achieve as human beings uh, is being questioned very differently. Uh, There is a lot of pondering on the aspects of what is it that we want to impart to our next generation? What are their trials and tribulations and how is it that we are going to be able to Give them any kind of guidance in this rapidly shifting and changing uh, world that we are living in, right? So I think from all these aspects, we are at a very interesting uh, juncture. And uh, what uh, you know, plays paramount on my mind uh, is the ability to stay positive under all circumstances, uh, right? And always endeavor to have the kind of joy and serenity to approach everything which is nice, not nice, different, radically different, changing rapidly, you know, all these circumstances which are quite unnerving. uh, If you are able to take it in a very positive spirit and make it interesting, make it a learning exercise, uh, embrace the changes as an opportunity to discover, rediscover some things that we have never experienced in the past. I think that endeavor or that outlook uh, will make us uh, a very happy generation that is transitioning, you know, and holding, hand holding, and giving, handing the baton to the next generation in a very positive spirit uh, rather than with a lot of fears and repetitions. right? So I think that is what is playing on my mind at this moment. So I'm thankful to be here at this point in time and look forward to everything that the future holds.
0: Great, Veena. What a wonderful way to, you know, sum up this conversation. Uh, It certainly gives hope, I hope, to a lot of listeners and other people. I think I'm going to take this away and... uh, make sure that my kids listen to it along with several of my friends and other people in my network. So thank you so much. And it's been lovely having you on the show. Looking forward to more conversations with you.
1: It has been a great experience, Chitra. It's always a pleasure to be interacting with you. I was a little skeptical of how a more formal conversation would turn out. Uh, I must admit, it's been wonderful. It's been really nice, you know, with the Triggers that you have put in to think, look back, look forward. Uh, My pleasure totally to have had this conversation too. Thank you so much.
0: If you like the show and would like to share your experiences with the community or know someone else who might want to do that, please get in touch with us at podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com. That is podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com. Please rate the show on Podchaser, Stitcher, iTunes or any other podcast client that you find us on. Please also share our episodes with your friends and others in your network. If you or anyone you know would like to be featured on our show, do write to us at this email address, podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.